Hello, everybody, and welcome to a very special bulletin episode of the American Shoreline Podcast. I am the co-host of the show, Tyler Buckingham. I am sitting alongside Peter Ravella and Leslie Ewing here. We are in the firehouse uh, at this beautiful Fort Mason facility as part of the 16th Annual International Ocean Film Festival. Today is Saturday, it's in the afternoon, and we are doing the special update bulletin. We're gonna get you caught up on all the awesome films that we have seen over the past 24 hours. I'm gonna start here with Leslie Ewing. Leslie, what ha- what what films did you see that really, uh, that really ignited a spark in you? So I think there have been a couple really great surfing movies. <coughs> Excuse me. And two of them have been featuring City Surf Program. That's a San Francisco effort to try and get kids out in the water, get them to respect the, the powers of nature, feel what they can do on their own, because you're not surfing against anyone but yourself, and you're really surfing with the water. Yeah. And it's just a really great way for these kids to start to feel empowered. They're trying to take kids who have not necessarily been at the ocean. They didn't grow up with it, but they grew up really close to it. And so we had two great movies, short films, on kids being taken to the beach, taught to surf. And then today there was one about a woman, I think Mariella, Marisa, oh my gosh, I should remember her name. But she was Hispanic and was talking about how it was so important for her to feel like she was, there was a Hispanic woman community who was surfing. Yeah, I think there's been some really great stuff. Last night we had a, a, a five-show program last night uh, it featured what I thought was interesting, three animated shorts. And I just want to knock a couple of these around. These are This is one thing about animation is the inventiveness of the platform. Uh, but the hybrids, it was a short, uh, which was to imagine if we kept dumping garbage into the sea and what if that became uh, evolution brought those um, uh, trash into the, it, you know, as part of the beings of sea creatures. So there was a, you know, there was this animation of a, of a turtle that was made out of a, a, a pot, you know, a, a cooking pot. And, but it, it, it's kind of a dramatic leap to think about and you think, well, that's just silly. But uh, it was really vividly done in a way that, that really, made it register um, what is our relationship to the ocean as a space to dump waste and of course it brings to mind all the plastics issues and I thought that was a really inventive little film totally and uh, you know I've I think that it's we've seen some really interesting like documentary education specifically educational um, films that have been geared toward not only uh, adult consumers, but also children. And of course, there was the whole, we mentioned this on yesterday's Friday happy hour, uh, the whole opening morning of the festival was geared toward uh, kids and getting kids from all around the Bay Area, even from pretty far away, into have access to this festival. And um, so education is clearly a, par- a major part of the inspiration for why these films are being made. Um, we also saw some really interesting kind of art surf films last night which was interesting and you know I, I'll, I, let's talk about these uh one of them the the final film last night was uh under the arctic sky i believe is the title of that one and it was it chronicles a uh, a surf adventure to iceland where they are of adventuring in the winter to the very northwestern corner of Iceland, that and it just gets clobbered by snow and ice and storms, 
and these insane surfer dudes are out there looking for the great break that's never been discovered before. I mean, how cool was that? And I thought, that, you know, there's this awesome footage. Clearly, they were motivated to get some good footage of them under the northern lights, you know, surfing. But, I mean, they did it, and it was really gorgeous. The theater was glowing with these cool greens and the white of the, of the snow. I mean, it was just visually spectacular. And so Mavericks is very close to San Francisco, one of the sort of quintessential and yeah. amazing surf spots. And yesterday was the day of International Day of Women. That's right. And they talked about how the World Surf League is one of the first sports groups to acknowledge that women's prize money should be the same as men's. And so one of the other surf movies was about Paige, who's an amazing big wave surfer. That was a great film. Oh my God. Oh, that was a good film. Paige Alms was her name. Yes, Paige Alms. From Maui. Surfing Jaws. North Shore. Oh, just dynamite. Oh, so cool. I mean, Leslie, thanks for bringing that up because this film was so... uh, this woman is just such a badass. I mean, we, it took us through her training regimen and and her, kind of her philosophy and her relationship with her, her uh, boyfriend, I guess, who makes her surfboards, you know, custom builds these boards for her. And then she goes out on these waves. And I mean, these are massive 30 to 50 foot waves. They go on to explain that in this big wave surfing, surfing competitions, these competitions are called 72 hours before the event because it's weather-based and you, you really can only do it that far in advance. It was just so cool to, to hear that story. And it again, you know, this is actually, Leslie, go, thank you for bringing up International Women's Day because the, here we have a, a woman being featured as the, in a surfer, which I think is conventionally considered to be more of a dude thing. And surfing here in this ocean space is kind of leading the way with the equal pay. That's cool. Uh, I'm also just... I'm taking note of the number of women featured in these films, the number of female filmmakers. We're going to be sitting down with Galen hopefully soon here. Uh, But it seems like there's a good uh, representation. Would you agree with that? I really think there is, and I think it starts at the top where we've got currently a woman executive director for the film festival. A lot of the volunteers are women. I mean, the ocean really, I think, is a... It's a new enough field that a lot of the people who came into the science areas and finding ways to do conservation. And, it, you know, <clears throat> y'all had mentioned, uh, Tyler, you had mentioned uh, uh, Galen Rosenwax, who's the director and filmmaker of a, the, the, of the show called, the, the movie called uh, Coral, A Glimmer of Hope, which we saw yesterday. And it was a really compelling look at the state of affairs in in scientific research on coral. This was the film shot in Palau, which is a stunningly beautiful place. And she was there with a bunch of scientists who were studying coral bleaching and what's happening with the uh, plant algaes that that are symbiotically related to coral. And uh, it's a really great film, and we're hoping Galen can jump on uh, a podcast with us because we want to take a a deep dive into uh, Coral, A Glimmer of Hope with Galen. And uh, there's just a, a bunch of content coming up. I think it's going to be really, really good over the next two days, over the weekend of the International Ocean Film Festival. Absolutely. So let's talk about some of the other uh, films that kind of caught our, our eye. Um, there was one film that I want to talk about. It was the really dark one uh, that came before the... Uh, 
Let's the Arctic see the sky. surface one. Yeah, um, it's the it's the noise beyond silence the noise. beyond the noise. Okay, beyond the noise. This was an interesting film. Um, it w- this is kind of an art house surf project, and to be honest with you, I found it really hard to watch. Uh, it, for for a number of reasons. I mean. The ocean is such a deep contemplative space and there is a dark side to it. And so many of these films have captured the color and the light and the life. And this film just, man, it was challenging. It was dark. It was like reading Poe or something, you know, it, it, there was just blackness in it. Um, clearly an artistic uh, direction. It's an Australian film. Uh, unfortunately, the filmmaker is not here uh, to talk with us about it. But man, it was striking. It was very striking. What did you all think? So, I mean, it was set specifically to be in black and white. It, it seemed very odd that the name of the film was Beyond the Noise, and yet the sound was constantly there, and it was a, it, it was a contrast between that name and then the quiet that you get when you're in the water, when you're out surfing, and then the blare of jazz and different synthesized music that was going with it. So it was this... Hmm. It definitely made you think. You're trying to piece this all together, and then within that, there was some poetry that, unfortunately, I couldn't hear them very well, but I yeah. wanted to see the words. I wanted to know what mm. was that part of it, because it was a, that, that was sort of the only audio part that you would lock into, because the noise was in there. Yeah. It was, and it was beautiful scenery. It was up in yeah. Northern Ireland, yeah. and just gorgeous. I agree. I mean, it definitely, I mean, while challenging, it was beautiful. And it kind of reminds me of, you know, master, there are, I think there's a whole genre of these kind of masterful films. I'm actually thinking of the film The Master (laughs) um, that are visually stunning. um, And they require, for me anyway, they require multiple looks because there's so much to unpack I like you in that theater I, I had a heart and part of this was I think where we were we were I was sitting kind of in the corner and I didn't have a good square view of it but uh, I, I would love to read the script and with them you know and have be able to better understand what uh, the narrator was saying yeah I'd agree with both of those comments and one of the other ones worth mentioning uh, was a film and I hope these are filmmakers we're going to have on uh, before the end of the festival, but Fragile, it's called Fragile, Why Turtle Hatchlings Need the Sea, uh, shot in Indonesia. Uh, turtles are a pretty popular topic uh, in the world of uh, ocean advocacy, but this was a an especially gorgeous shot of Indonesian sea turtles and the challenges of conservation uh, done by a couple of filmmakers from Frankfurt, Germany, um, Heinrich and Claudia Schmidt, and uh, they have promised to join us on the podcast, so we're looking forward to having Heinrich and Claudia. uh, Really fantastic, and as I understand, uh, they're a four-time selection to the International Ocean Film Festival, had a feature-length film last year. Uh, This is a short, but they're really uh, using this artistic medium as a way to talk to the public and inspire people and educate, and they're just really skilled. I think another one to mention is Salty Generations, which is about aquaculture and looking at how we can um, take resources sustainably from the ocean area. One was a mussel farmer and the other were two, three women who were um, growing seaweed. Yeah. And sort of the whole issue of how you learn how to do this, how you get it going. And 
underlying what they were talking about was, I think, was the sustainability of trying to find ways yeah. to feed a whole lot of people. Yeah. Well, that's one of the interesting, you know, uh, underneath the surface of all of these films is uh, a negotiation of the psychology of climate change in a way and how we're going to approach the changes that we need to make. And um, that film really talks about the potential of aquaculture to help feed us. And actually, we just listened to a panel and the, the panel discussed how... Uh, how food waste is so important, you know, where we can get better in that area. Um, but I, I, that film was, I thought, super interesting for a number. It also, they'd also talked about the regulatory framework that they exist in. And um, there's this idea that they put forward and we're going to, we hope to talk to these filmmakers and, and actually these uh, seaweed farmers as well. They're here today. Um, but uh, they were saying that it's hard, you know, that we don't, we can't make mistakes, you know, we can't make mistakes. Of course, they're dealing with a very fragile space that we're all familiar with on the American Shoreline Podcast Network. Yep. And those rules are there for good reason. Um, but maybe we have, maybe there's new technologies, new methods. These are some smaller start, you know, mom and pop style businesses. Um, and they kind of implied that the regulatory framework was... Uh, harder for them to comply with than say a big producer that has you yeah. know a, a legal department and a you know and uh, that raises an interesting question about the future of aquaculture and and how it should look uh, i'm really excited to speak with them it i am too that was uh sean wolf and shelby oliver uh the salty generations on really small scale uh sustainable aquaculture practices that are emerging on the California coast. Uh, it's one of the things that I track and, and well in coastal news today on fisheries is to see the emergence of large scale industrial uh, fish farming and aquaculture, which has caused a, a high level of concern in the regulatory community about the practices, diseases, the impact on wild stocks. This is particularly true in salmon. So it is a tightly regulated world, but I think the point they were making is we're not all the same and yeah. we need some structures that can help, you know, sustainable yeah. small scale aquaculture and, practices develop. And if you want any uh, like just proof of this, if you think that San Francisco is a crunchy granola place, they actually have crunchy granola with seaweed in it. It was that great. We tried, and it's delicious. It really was good. So these are these are uh, these are people are obviously their culture is environmentally focused. I think, and that's that's what's cool about uh, you know potentially this this new way to look at at uh, not only aquaculture but agriculture generally, our food supply. Mm -hmm. I mean, this was another concept, Peter. You have said this about. If you want to talk about climate change, we, you know, there's these kind of platitudinal concepts like the hockey curve, the hockey uh, stick curve, mm -hmm. and um, how much gas is in the atmosphere. Well, you know, these, you can't see it. Look to the ocean. The signs are there. This is, I'm plagiarizing Peter Ravella here. Um, right, Pete? Like, yeah, I mean, I think it's true. If you want to witness it now and you want to see how communities are actually contending with significant changes in conditions you can look to the water um, not to the air it's not a theory it's not a, a proposal to debate the science what you have out there like dr joe kunkel up in maine 
is a fisheries scientist, a lobster specialist who's been doing it for 25 years and is simply counting what's in front of him and telling us that it's different. And it's different in substantial ways. You know, blue crabs in the Gulf of Maine, he said, never been caught, never been there. That's what we're seeing right now. Um, when we talk to Shannon, is it Shannon Tompkins from the, uh, the Houston Chronicle? That's right. Who is the outdoor writer um, and said there's been a 70 percent decline in the southern flounder population along the, on the along the Texas coast. And it was specifically because the breeding temperature of that organism is 64 to 66 degrees at a specific time of the year. And it's not happening. So this is what I'm saying. Climate change in the in the water is a vivid, factual thing that is being counted. It is not a debate about projected sea level rise. And I just think it's a it's a great place to encounter the issue and to get serious about the issue. What do you think about that, Leslie? Oh, I think that's so true. And certainly the oceans are 70 percent of the world. So we can't expect them to be sitting placidly around while all these other changes are happening. They're where we're really seeing things going on. And talking about having information, getting the data, there was another movie bringing him back just to the film festival. Yeah. It was Beach Watch. 25 years that the Fairlands National Marine Sanctuary has run a citizen science, public, public participation science, yeah. on just what's going on with the shoreline to develop a baseline. You can't talk about change unless you know what was already starting to happen. Yeah. yeah, where did you start from? Where did you start from? And so <laughs> they've got starting to look at that change that they're detecting. And it is. I mean, we're starting to see dolphins coming, washing up on Southern California shoreline yeah. way more than the before. And then just changes to the what's in the shoreline, finding the plastics, just tracking all that and seeing how we often, as you started this whole podcast idea, the thought was to look shoreward. Yeah, that's right. And we often forget that just beyond the shore, just beyond the coast, is this vastly huge world. Yeah. Um, one of the people who was also in another movie, The Swimmer. Oh, yeah. He swims 20 miles. He talks about how, you know, there's that great feeling you get, that sort of euphoria, that escape that you get. He said he had to swim 20 miles and then kept with him for a couple seconds and then he's gone. <laughs> oh, but, man. oh my God, he was just this powerful swimmer. He's done all seven ocean swims, the wow. major channels. Just a really great, again, visually great looking at the water, watching this person, and just very meditative in the way he approaches the yeah. oceans. They're important to us. They are. And uh, I, we're going to wrap up this special bulletin here. Uh, uh, but clearly film and the ocean go together. This is a really great way to tell stories. And again, Leslie, we're so happy to be here. This was Leslie's idea to bring us out here. She alerted us to it. And she didn't need. She's been here to all 16. Uh, this is her 16th year in attendance. Every single one she's been to. So uh, any final thoughts, guys? I want to get back and watch more movies. All right. Let's do it. Wind's gonna blow, so I'm gonna go.